Okay. What to talk about next? I don't even, I really don't know. I think... You know what? I do have to talk about this one story that's been on my... I keep, I keep copying it from my notepad week after week. And this is just one that uh, the Kimmy and I were talking about the other day. <laughs> and uh, so back in the old days when I worked at KB Toys, and that's where I met Kimmy. And, you know, we fell in love. We started dating when I worked there. And that was, that was 20 years ago this August. And about, oh my God, in like two weeks? Today's, what's today? 26, two weeks and a little over two weeks from now, it will be our 20 year anniversary of when we first started dating. When we first kissed August 11th, also our wedding anniversary. So listen, here's uh, <laughs> one of the things. Mm, mm, ah, delicious water. One of the things that... Uh, that I used to do quite frequently, long before the days of KB Toys, was prank calls. I was a huge fan of the Jerky Boys, of course, which we just, uh, on the way to Myrtle Beach, I played some Jerky Boy tapes on Spotify. And that's that's a correct sentence. You know how Spotify has tapes, and you play tapes from Spotify? Yeah, freaking stuck in the 80s and 90s forever. Uh, so yeah, I played some Jerky Boy albums on Spotify uh, you know, skipping to, I mean, it's all inappropriate, but you know, whatever, like, like it's going to affect Cam at this point. <laughs> so, uh, so, so, so we played some of them and Cam was just cracking up at a few, you know, particularly the, the, you know, when the, the one guy goes to the dentist, they, they, punch, they punch my tooth, they punch me, my, ah, ah. anyway. Anyway, so of course I wanted to be, I wanted to be, everybody wanted to be the jerky, back in the 90s, everybody thought they were the jerky boys and wanted to be the jerky boys, and everyone talked like this, yeah, what, what's up there, jerky, what's up, fruitcake, you know, all that stuff, and uh, so, so I would make, even before I knew what the jerky boys, who they were, or that they existed, I was making prank calls to WFLY, Fly 92, I think I mentioned, I've already mentioned this, and I would request fake songs like Pukey Charles by Ozzy Barles. That was the start, that was the early beginnings of my, my prank call career, so to speak. And, we, I mean, we would call, like, and then Kimmy and I, when we started dating, we would call, we would call toy stores, like, out of, ta- like, we, we would call out of state, and I would ask for, like, I would ask them for fine products that didn't exist, like when Ratatouille came out, and I would call, and I would be like, "Hi, do you guys have any of those toys from what Ratatouille? Is it Ratatouille? You know the little rat. He's I think his name is Ratatouille. I don't know what kind of name that is. Do you have the toys? And they, hold on, sir, I'll check and be on hold. And these poor. Then I felt bad because one time this woman was really, really trying to help. We called like a Walmart in Georgia or something. And yeah, you got y'all got Ratatouille." I need a ratatouille stuffed animal. It's a little stuffed rat. It'll make all the foods and that that ratatouille, that Disney movie. And they, I'm sorry, sir. Uh, we don't have. Uh, is it ratatouille? Ratatouille. That 
That don't make no sense. I'm pretty sure we're looking for Ratatouille. I think you and me are talking, speaking two different languages. I need Ratatouille. My, my, I know it's Ratatouille because that's what my son said it was called, Ratatouille. Are you calling me an idiot? Anyway, that was I think that was that might have been the last prank call I ever made cuz now you can't, it's hard to do unless you unless you work for the Howard Stern show and you have all the technology to, you know, mask numbers and call from different numbers and orchestrate all these really elaborate prank calls like to just pick up your phone and just like call somebody. I mean, I guess you could call a store and prank prank call a store, who knows, but they, you know, everybody can track you so easily and it's just like eh. but back in the day I loved making prank calls. And I loved making prank calls to the places where I worked or where Kim worked. And uh, sometimes we would just sit in her room and <laughs> on the phone just pranking people that we knew while they were at work. And then later I would do that at Barnes & Noble. I would prank call uh, our, our buddy Sean Duty. Yeah, and that's that's not that's not the prank. That's his real name. That's not part of the prank call. So we would just call looking for uh, – yes, yeah, so I'm looking for Duty is Duty <laughs> and uh, – I would call up, yes, I'm looking for duty. Is duty working? Is is duty on duty this evening? Yes, I'm looking for a, a CD called To Duck and Soup. He was helping me try to find To Duck and Soup the other day. Yes, hi, is this duty? Is this Sean duty? Yes, hi, duty. Yes, this, this is Isadora Burns. You were helping me find turducken soup the other day. I was wondering if you had any more luck finding turducken soup. Yes, duty. Can you help me find turducken soup, duty? And uh, duty was not a particularly happy-go-lucky sort, you know, filled with smiles, brimming with chuckles. Uh, so duty did not enjoy. We would go to the we would go to the fucking bar. We would go to the Firkin and Fox, and there'd be like twenty of us just sitting at the table being perfectly silent while I would call Barnes & Noble where we just came from and we would prank call all of the managers and all of our co-workers in the music department, including Duty. We would call Duty and I would, Yes, hi, Duty. This is Isidore Burns. You have to duck and soup yet? And he would say, rawr, 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 rawr. That was usually his response to everything. stupid. Really, really unhappy fellow. Anyways, uh, but but before that, Kimmy and I, uh, when we both worked for KB Toys, we would go home and we would I would sit in her bedroom. We would just sit there with the phone, pranking people, our coworkers and our friends at KB Toys. And I'm sure that uh, there's a very small chance that April is listening. But April is a friend. April was there when I got hired at KB Toys. I've known her as long as I've known Kimmy, uh, just like a Vinny, who was my manager. All these, all these great characters, and Mark, all these, all these people from KB Toys. And uh, April was working one night. I think she was, a, she became an assistant manager or something. And Kimmy was manager as well. And Kimmy and I were home, and we pranked April at the toy store. And I. So first, let me just back up a little bit because there was so we had a customer, this old fella, who would come in, and he was nuts about diecast model cars. He loved these cars, and he would come in every week when we got our shipments in, and he would you know rummage through the before we even had the box you know opened and out on the floor, and he would just yeah, what kind of cars you guys get this week? And this fucking guy sounded just like Kissel from the Jerky Boys. His actual voice. Yeah, yeah, I want to come down there and see what kind of cars 
You guys get the new model diecast cars this week? I already got that one. I want to see what kind of cars you got. And he would, he sounded just like Kessel. It was fucking believable. And he was always, he was a perfectly harmless guy. Uh, and so one, one time Kimmy and I were home uh, in her room and, you know, just playing video games and, and, and pranking KB toys, pranking our friends. And so we knew that April was working that night and we knew that April knew who this diecast car guy was. So I picked up the phone and I called and, and she answered and I said, yeah, yeah, this is, uh, I don't, I don't know if I used the name, like, but I, but I, <clears throat> I called multiple times. So KB toys was in the mall, it was in colony center in the mall. And I, I'm at home with Kim's house. And I should note that across the street, across Wolf Road, was where Toys R Us used to be. So the KB Toys was there, Toys R Us. And a lot of times we would get calls from people who were confused and they didn't know. Hey, I called you guys the other day. Do you have... Uh, no, we don't carry that, sir. I think that might be Toys R Us. Oh, you're not Toys R Us. You're KB Toys. Oh, okay. Oh. You know, that happened all the time. So so I called and I pretended to be... Yeah, I pretended to be this guy. You are... I was in there the other day. Are you guys, uh, you guys had bicycles. You guys still have that, I asked you to hold one of them bicycles for my grandson. You guys still have those bicycles? She said, sir, that's, that's not us. That's, uh, that's Toys R Us. We don't carry bicycles. We're a small store inside of the mall. And Toys R Us carries bicycles. You're probably, you probably were in the Toys R Us. Was it, was it a big store that you were in that had bicycles? Yeah, it was a really big store I was at. That was KB Toys. And you guys have bicycles. Are you telling me you don't have the bicycle that I set aside for my grandson? Sir, I'm explaining to you, we don't carry bicycles. Toys R Us is a much larger store. They are across the street. Could it be possible that you're confusing us with Toys R Us? No, I was in a really big store all by itself. I wasn't in a mall. And I had bicycles, and it was KB Toys, and you guys had bicycles, and you put bicycle aside for me so I could come down there later and buy it for my grandson. Sir, that's Toys R Us. Sir, was there a big giraffe? Yeah, big giraffe. Jeffrey the giraffe. That's KB Toys. That's you guys at the mall. Sir, that's not, that's the different store. And she's just getting, she's getting more and more upset, and now I'm getting you guys told me you were going to hold those bicycles. You came me towards I was going to come down there and get a bicycle. And now you're telling me you ain't got that bicycle no more? I'm going to come down there and I'm really going to get upset. And she, sir, sir, this is not... This is not Toys R Us. Toys R Us carries bicycles. We don't carry bicycles. Well, now, now you're calling me a liar? You think I don't know what I'm talking about? Well, I'll be down there soon. You wait and see. And I would hang up, and then I would call. I would call back a little bit later. Yeah, it's me again. By the way, you guys got rid of the bicycle I had on hold for my grandson. What about those die-cast cars? I was in there the other day, and I had one of you people. I think it was you, probably. It was probably you, definitely. Put a bunch of cars on hold. I had a Corvette. And I had a Porsche, and I had a truck, and I had whatever, I don't even know. I put them on hold, all these die-cast cars under my name. 
Well, yes, sir. Let me let me check uh, in our in our customer hold section. What uh, what is the name? And I give her some uh, whatever the name was. I don't even know. I don't think it was Kissel, but I gave some kind of name. And uh, <laughs> yeah, this is Richard. Richard. I should I should be under my There's like five or six of them under the name Richard. Okay, Richard. Let me go check. And then April would go and she would check. And of course, there wasn't a single. Uh, one of these diecast cars on hold for anyone named Richard under the under the uh, customer hold area, and she would come back on the phone. I'm I'm so sorry, sir. Uh, is it possible you called a different store? Is it possible I'm not seeing it? What do you mean? You only got those cars? I came. Those are collectible items, and I spent an hour talking to you, trying to find a car that I wanted, and I put them all. You said I guarantee they're gonna be here on Saturday. You can come down and get them and pick up your bicycle too. And now you're telling me we ain't, you ain't got those cars, sir. I'm very sorry. <clears throat> Is it possible that you're? thinking of a different KB Toys altogether, or possibly Toys R Us. Ah, here we go again. You're calling me a liar. Well, listen to me. I'm getting on the bus. I'm on the bus route, and I know where the toy store is. I'm going to get off the bus, and I'm going to come down there, and I'm going to straighten you out. You're calling me a liar? You're selling my toys? My grandson wants these toys, a bicycle, and they're going to call me a liar? Sir, I'm not calling you a liar. I just don't have the items that you asked for. Is it possible that you have us confused with another store? Oh, so now you're saying I'm an idiot. I don't know what I'm doing. Well, I'll tell you what. I know exactly where the bus is, and I know where the bus stop is. I'm going to come down there, and you're going to be in a whole lot of trouble. I'll talk to you real soon. And then I, <laughs> and I hung up. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then about 30, not even 30 seconds, about four seconds later, the phone rings and it's April, who I had just talked to, calling Kimmy. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, this crazy guy, the guy who comes in to get the diecast cars all the time, he's been calling me all night, he thinks we sell bicycles, and he's mad because we don't have a bicycle that he put on hold, but obviously we never sold bicycles in the first place, he's thinking of Toys R Us, or he's thinking of some other store, and then he said we were supposed to have a bunch of cars on hold for him, and they're not under the counter, they're not on hold, and he's screaming at me, he's going to get on the bus, and he's going to come down there, and he's going to straighten me out, and I'm, I don't know what to do, I'm afraid to go to my car he's gonna get off the bus and kill me and uh and kim of course kim was like you know at this point if it were me i would have been cracking up and like all right yeah you know i would have been like hey it's, it's me i was just messing with you and kim's like oh my god that sounds crazy and she's like you better well when you when you lock up the store uh you know have somebody make sure somebody walks you out to your car and then just you know get in your car and, and get the hell out of there She's like, oh, my God, but what if he comes in? What if he comes into the store? What am I? Kim's like, just just call security if you feel threat. I mean, Kim was like, Kim was selling this thing better than I was. And uh, and I'm and I was just talking to Kim before I recorded this. I was like, did we ever tell April? Like, did we ever call her back and be like, hey, April, it's me. Just kidding. Ha, it's me, Johnny. And uh, Kim's like, I don't recall ever telling her that it was us. So April in the very remote chance that you're listening. Hopefully you are. Uh, sorry about that. That was uh, that was not the angry old diecast cars guy. That was me. <laughs> that was me calling. Oh, man. 
and I'm gonna come down there and I'm gonna kick your ass. <laughs> oh, what a horrible person. But what fun. Oh, and speaking of horrible, being a horrible person, uh, so Kimmy has been, uh, Kimmy has been catching up on all the podcasts and she was listening to episode two or three and evidently in episode two or three, I said, I'm going to play a couple more cliff calls and then we're going to be done with the cliff calls forever. We're never going to play them, which I found to be shocking. I didn't believe her. I said, that can't be. I would never say something like that. Well, it turns out. Uh, so this is Uncle Cliff also sharing his enthusiasm about the fact that Cliffy's going to be there for the uh, for the holiday spectacular on Hilton Head Island last Christmas. Uh, and then sharing his joy as well as uh, previewing some of the events that were going to take place at the, at the uh, holiday spectacular on Hilton Head Island. Uh, so I hope you enjoy them. And Cliff, I won't play all of these, but uh, there's a couple more after this uh, next week and the following week that I'm going to play. And then I'll be done, Cliff. I'll leave you alone forever. Don't worry. My goodness. So, yeah, that'll do it. it... Wow. Well, I guess I'm full of shit. <laughs> I never intended to not play all of them. I'm fully intended to play. Not only am I going to play every single one, but I'm going to keep recording more like I've been doing. I'm, they're never going to end. They're, they're, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to make so much money off of Cliff. It's not even funny. I'm going to make, I'm going to make millions of dollars trademarking Womack style and Butterboy t-shirts and hats and beer koozies. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's that's yeah. Beer koozies, that's the way to do it. Cuz Cliff has those beer koozies in his current place of empl- his, his business that he owns. And I'm going to fire back with some business some beer koozies. The beer koozie connection. That's another beer koozie idea. Oh my god, the macho koozie. The macho koozie connection. So that was that was obviously that was the wife and I that was Kimmy and I sitting around and she was listening to the podcast and then she played that for me which I recorded on my phone as well as some additional commentary from the two of us. Uh, yeah, whatever whatever I said in an early episode, I guess is just I'm full of shit. That's all. I I said that I was only going to play a couple of Cliff calls and then never again. No, Cliff, that's not true at all. Like I said in my my little uh, recording on the phone that I just played there. Um, as Kim was sitting with me, uh, I, I'm going to, as, as best as I can, I'm going to have a cliffy call at the end of every goddamn podcast until the, the last one. And I am going to do, uh, someday there will be merch and it's going to have uh, Womack style on everything. And, uh, and I'm going to send you a bunch of free merch for you, for the whole family. So you can enjoy all the, uh, the beer koozies and t-shirts and jerseys and everything with, uh, with the birthday boy podcast and with Womack style on it. And uh, by the way, do you want to hear? I've got a few other outtakes from, yeah, Kim Kim played that for me. And then I recorded it on my phone and then obviously added some additional commentary, as did she. Uh, we've got a few outtakes. I'm going to play them for you. I'll play it right now. This is just Kimmy and I sitting on the couch after listening to me saying that I would never uh, do another cliff prank call after like episode four. 
and Kim didn't want me to play the clip that I just played. So she was asking me not to play the clip with her voice on the podcast. So here's some outtakes of her asking me not to. Say what? Nothing. Say it again. No. Say what you just said. Please, please don't put it on please, the... Please, sir, don't put that on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'll kill you. Okay, I definitely won't. And just one more little outtake of Kimmy laughing uncontrollably while I was providing commentary of her laughing. One of those silent laughs because she's laughing so hard she can't breathe. So here it is. Check it out. What? (laughs) Now, uh... (laughs) Don't do it, uh... She's... Kim is holding her hand over her mouth, trying to not make any noise. She's doing that. It's like she's turning red because she's doing, she's doing that quiet laugh where it's like, <laughs> and she's just bouncing up and down. <laughs> now she's doing the thing where she's pretending, <laughs> pretending to just look forward and not uh, nothing's happening, but it's really. I'm focused. <laughs> Good outtakes or something. I don't know. This will have. This will serve. Nothing. For huh? Outtakes for nothing. What do you do? What? No, for something. For something, and you know what that something is. Episode fourteen. Oh, how do I turn this off? Ah, uh, it's good fun. Good fun at Kimmy's expense. I did have one quick story I forgot to tell. This was a, on the way back from Myrtle Beach story when we were in uh, New Jersey somewhere. And we stopped. Uh, I don't know. We stopped and we got, uh, you know, we got lunch. The kids got Popeyes. You know, one of the Jersey restaurants, you know, the Thomas Edison or the, you know, whatever. Fucking one of those rest stops named after people uh, who are dead. And we stopped and got some Popeyes for the kids and Kimmy and I trying to stay healthy. I got a delicious, super healthy Lunchable, and Kim got a uh, a tuna, like a can of tuna. It was, it was just it was just a can of tuna with a spoon, and like I thought, with crackers or something. I don't even remember. A little little shitty little some crackers or something like that. It was a pretty healthy choice, though, but I couldn't help but make fun of her because it looked like she was eating fucking cat food. How many times you go to a rest stop and they've got, like, you know, Popeyes and they've got Burger King or McDonald's or Chick-fil-A or something like that and fucking Roy Rogers. And then uh, how often do you see people sitting at a table eating out of a can, a can of tuna fish? It looks like cat food. And so I joked with her that uh, it looked like cat food, and she called me an asshole. And then I said, hey, hey, everyone, we've got uh, Morris the cat over here shooting a commercial for nine lives. And she told me to go fuck myself again. And then uh, and then she said, look, so would, a, would, a, would a fancy, would, a, would, a, would cat food come with a fancy spoon to eat cat food with? And I said, well, I guess that makes it fancy feast. <laughs> and then she shoved the spoon up my ass. Uh, but on the way, we left there. And on the way home, we continued driving through New Jersey. And uh, I was uh, eating goldfish, 
kid, the kids had their goldfish, and I asked for you know a few pieces of goldfish to have a snack. And of course, I was chomping the goldfish like an asshole. I do the thing where I put like a bunch of goldfish, and then I kind of have my mouth open, and I'm like smiling, and I'm like, like I'm chewing just like a fucking idiot, like a like a, you know, like an industrial machine would chomp goldfish. And uh, and Kim doesn't think it's at all funny. She just you know I'll I'll go and she'd be like you're you're an idiot. And and this one time, uh, as we're we're driving and I'm eating the goldfish, and I bit my tongue, like really bad, and, and I was like, and I just started yelling, "Ow!" And of course, I didn't, I didn't want to put my tongue back in my mouth because I, I, I had thought, so I had it in my teeth like this, and I said, "Give me help! I bit my tongue! I bit my tongue when it's time to eat the goldfish." And she's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Just Can you please drive and concentrate on the road and stop being an idiot? But I can't stop being an idiot because I bit my tongue and I'm pretty sure it's bleeding. And pretty sure my tongue is bleeding all over the place. And she's like, it's not bleeding. Well, guess what? I stuck out my tongue and I looked in the rearview mirror and there's a big you know, thing of blood coming down. Blood is, is gushing. It's gushing out of my tongue. Maybe not gushing. Maybe just a tiny little bit of, you know, just a little nick and there's just a little... Bl- but to me, it looked like gushing. In my uh, my perspective, it was gushing out of my tongue, just blood. Um, oh my God, look at the tongue is bleeding. This blood is gushing everywhere. And Kim goes, if it's so bad, then why don't you pull over on the next exit and get off and fix your tongue? But we're making good time. I don't want to stop. We just stopped and have cat food. I don't want to to get off and fix my tongue. But it's bleeding. Can't you do something about it? It's bleeding. And she's like, why don't you just put your tongue back in your mouth, you fucking asshole? Because it's bleeding all over the place. She's like, yeah, it's going to bleed all over the car. It's going to bleed all over your shirt. Put your tongue back in. But why can't you do something to fix my tongue? Well, so it turned out we didn't have any wipes or napkins or paper towels or anything. Uh, they had all been used up. or so, I, I'm not really sure. But there was, or she just wasn't giving me anything. So, so then before Kimmy could even get me any kind of paper towel, I just started, I just started licking my arm. Because I thought, well, this blood's got to go somewhere. I don't really want to swallow it. I think that's kind of gross. And, uh, you know, even if I was a vampire, like, drinking your own blood just seems, it seems wrong. You know, if you're going to drink somebody else's blood, I guess that's fine. But my own blood, yuck, disgusting. What if I get a disease from myself? So, so I just licked, I licked the, uh, I licked my arm. And so then there's just a red streak of blood on my arm that was previously on my tongue. And Kim looks and she's like, what are you, what the fuck are you doing? And I'm like, and then I'm like, there's still, still bleeding a little bit. And I'm just kind of like licking my hand. And I'm like, I don't know, you didn't get me, you didn't get me a paper towel. You didn't get me a, a napkin or something to just wipe the blood off. So I had to do something with it. So I wiped it on my arm. She's like, now you're going to have your own dried tongue blood on your arm for the rest of the day? That's a small price to pay. And uh, and then she gave me a napkin. But it was too late. The bleeding stopped. But I did. Uh, one thing I realized was how fun it was to talk like that. So I just talked like that, you know, pretty much the rest of the, you know, four hours, five hour drive back home. And they talked like this the whole time. I'm going to talk. Yeah, they're going to talk like this the whole time. It says here we got. Says here we got 170 miles to go. 
So, so yeah, Kim uh, really enjoys road trips with me. I'm pretty sure is the takeaway after all these years because I make them enjoyable for her and relaxing. Yo, 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 yo. They're back here on the big podcast. Yeah. Coming at you on a Friday. Oh, man. Do some sounding board theater? Yeah, let's do that. Let's do fucking sounding board theater. By the way, I just got this email. All right, whatever. Message. Text from Frankie. Cousin Frank. Hey, buddy. Frank says... Hey man, uh, I'm finally caught up. So Frank has caught up with the Birthday Boy podcast. Oh boy. Frank says, hey man, I'm finally caught up. Please do this podcast forever. And there's an exclamation mark. He's screaming at me. That's how much he wants more Birthday Boy podcasts. Also, don't read feedback from my brother because he's lame. Plus he's adopted anyway. So there's that. Keep up the awesome work, Johnny boy. Okay, uh, I will do this podcast forever, and uh, and I'll never read another email from Ryan again. Sorry, Ryan, but uh, Frank has spoken. Of course, if Ryan sends me a really good email, maybe even, I don't know, maybe even a, a rebuttal of some kind. Maybe, maybe I'll read that on the air if he has, if Ryan has some remarks towards his big brother, Frank. Uh, and then I can read that on the air, and then Frankie can fire back, and then, uh, you know, it'll be a lot of fun. Have a good old-fashioned family feud on the air. Oh, sounding board theater. Should we? Should, do we dare? Do we dare? Do, do we dare venture into the abyss that is the Nashua Civic sounding board? Oh, sure. What the fuck? Why not? Uh, so here's one from Wednesday night. Some Somebody named Chris writes writes into the sounding board. By the way, we have uh, there's, there's something really special about Burger King here in Nashua. I'm not sure what it is. Like, I've never really had much of a problem with Burger Kings anywhere. But the ones in Nashua are, like, complete shit. Not that we go there all the time, but they just closed the one that was near us closed. Because you would go there and you would sit for an hour and a half. Um, Either either you'd you'd roll up to the window and nobody would answer you. And even though they were open and you'd drive off. Or you'd roll up and there's a sign that says, uh, you know, no credit cards, no cash accepted, only, you know, human blood or something like that. I don't know. So it was really, it was, they made it very difficult to purchase anything from that Burger King. And then shockingly enough, when people went to Burger King to try and get something and they don't accept the form of payment that you have, that is, you know, a common form of payment, it's the damnedest thing. People stop going. So they closed this Burger King and there's a Burger King downtown, which we've taken the kids there before. Uh, when we first moved here, we took the kids to this Burger King downtown uh, you know, has one of the big, uh, you know, all the dopey slides and all that shit. All the fucking snotty little gross kids. Uh, so we took the kids there. I was like, what a sad. It was like a New Year. It was New Year's Eve, I think. I don't know why. I, f- I have no idea why we went to Burger King on New Year's Eve. Except I think we had driven past. It could have been that I. it's possible I had to drop off my car to get fixed or something. 
I think that might have been it. I needed a, I needed repairs done to my car. And the place at the time, I hadn't yet found my current place. I was, you know, I went to like a Goodyear or a Firestone or something across the street. And they fucking, uh, they were terrible. So I never went back. Uh, so now I go to, I go to Nashua Wholesale Tire. I don't mind, I don't mind giving a nice little shout out to Nashua Wholesale Tire. Uh, very quickly, shortly thereafter, I began going to Nashville Wholesale Tire. But first, I made a few mistakes of going to uh, the local. I think once I went to the local Firestone, and once I went to the local Goodyear, and they were they were okay. They weren't you know whatever. It was fine. Who gives a shit? Anyways, Firestone or Goodyear, one of those places right across the street from the Burger King. So we took the kids there on New Year's Eve after I dropped my car off, and we got a nice, a nice, really nice holiday family meal, which now that I think about it, the week before that, this was 2015, the week before that, we were driving down to Charlotte on Christmas Day, and our Christmas dinner was Burger King because we stopped at one of those New Jersey rest areas and had had cheeseburgers at Burger King on Christmas. So our Christmas dinner was Burger King that year, and then our New Year's Eve dinner was Burger King, which is pretty amazing. I don't know if I think that's more than I typically have Burger King in any one given year. And we had it twice in, in one week on two major holidays, too. What a year 2015 was, I guess. So, uh, yeah, we went to this shitty Burger King on New Year's Eve 2015. And we actually, for whatever reason, and this I don't even understand, I guess because of the playground, because of the playground, because we never would never go into a Burger King or a McDonald's. I would never go to a fast food and actually sit down and eat. You have to be a lunatic. But we did this one time, and so the kids could play on the stupid, you know, slide jungle gym bullshit thing. And so, so it was disgusting. Some, you know, kids are, you know, blowing their snot all over the place. And, you know, one little jerky little baby was, you know, being an asshole to Kaylin. And I said, next time, just push him, push him off the, push him off the top of the, the, the tower, push him off the top of the jungle gym. She was like, yeah, but it's like, <laughs> It's like 20 feet in the air. I'm like, yeah, exactly, exactly. So next time, just if he gives you trouble, any kid gives you trouble on top of these, you know, jungle gym things at a fast food place, just shove them off. You know, who do we really need him? So anyway, so downtown Burger King is a piece of shit. Uh, so this this fellow Chris writes on the sounding board. Uh, wait a minute. Okay, BK Main Street needs the Lord's help or a bulldozer. Go in for some quick dessert with the kids. What the fuck? Hey, we just had a nice dinner. Who's up for some dessert? Yeah, me too. You want to? We could get some ice cream. We go to a, a bakery, a place that specializes in desserts. We could go to the fucking groceries. Any any option would be better than Burger King. Yeah, let's go to Burger King. I love. I, when, when you know you think dessert and Burger King, they're synonymous. The words are synonymous. So let's go to Burger King to get a nice, so many delicious desserts at Burger King. So you know, mistake number one, asshole. You went to Burger King for dessert anyway. Go in for some quick dessert with the kids. Pull up. Complete ghost town. Yeah, that should be your first sign, man. It's fucking downtown Burger King. Get the fuck out of there. What's wrong with you? Get out of car. One employee swearing and yelling in parking lot with friends right outside front door. Go inside to order. Five minutes before a person appears, order two milkshakes and Coke and two Hershey pies. This is making me depressed just to read this. Like, oh my God. Person forgets order, then tells me they are out of Hershey pies. By the way, Hershey pies sounds like something really, like a disgusting, <laughs> sounds like a disgusting sex act. 
<laughs> it sounds it sounds vile. I don't even know. Oh my god. And uh, then out of nowhere, Flippy Fartmouth gave a Hershey pie to Stinky Ratfuck. <laughs> oh man. Stinky Ratfar is one who's known to enjoy the occasional Hershey pie from time to time at the Buckaburger Dollar Dog. Oh my god. Anyways, back to the story. The it's Fritz Fritz Weatherby and the Hershey pie. So they're out of <laughs> They're out of Hershey pies. Person forgets order, then they tell me they're out of Hershey pies. No big deal. I'll have two Twix pies, please. What the fuck is going on at Bert Twix pie? What the fuck is happening at Burger King? A Twix pie? God, I'm, I'm hungry. I'm maybe go to Burger King after this, get a Twix pie. Uh, one Hershey pie, please. Oh, God, that's not what I thought it was. Uh, order confirmed. Two Twix pies. Order confirmed, and the guy disappears. Wait, no word of a lie. 15 minutes. I don't know what he's trying to say here. No. Anyway, 15 minutes at the counter with no one in sight. So we waited 15 minutes at the counter with no one in sight. I'm a calm guy, so I don't say anything. Get the items. Go to fill drink. No ice. Cool. Slushy machine broken. TV frozen. Stuck on a tornado warning for Cape Cod from 1.30 p.m. <laughs> no music. Just so depressing and unclean. Then we sit down. Then we decide to sit down. Every single table is trashed. As we clean a table to sit, I'm watching the two employees basically falling asleep behind the counter. Another customer walks in. They deliberately <laughs> walk to the back room. <laughs> oh, that's fucking awesome. Unreal. Back in the day, early 2000s, BK Maine used to be so reliable and clean. Yeah, well, a lot of shit was better in the early 2000s, and now it's 2019, so fucking, you know, go fuck yourself. That's The era of that is, is over. Although, you know, interestingly enough, Taco Bell is in this, essentially the same parking lot. It's right next door to Burger King, and I'm a fucking sucker for Taco Bell. Goddamn, give me a cheesy gordita crunch and, uh, and a beef chalupa with nacho cheese. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, Cliffy just... Just poured nacho cheese all over me. Oh my god, I'm a human chalupa. I oh, god damn, I love Taco. I go to that Taco Bell. I mean, it's it's not like the geographic I, Burger. The Burger King's just a piece of shit Burger King because at Taco Bell, the people there are perfectly lovely. They never fuck up the order, which is like one of the one of the trademarks of Taco Bell is you're never going to leave there with the shit that you actually ordered. It's just it's going to be a whole fucking, you know, it's a mystery bag when you go to the drive-thru. And this Taco Bell is really, really good and reliable. And I always I always get my gorditas and my chalupas exactly as I ordered them. So anyways, uh, you know, so, so, so the, the comments pour in. So this guy had a obviously a not great experience at Burger King. Somebody writes, Pretty sure every single one of their employees does hard drugs on shift. I stopped going months ago. An absolute joke. Go to Hayward's. Better quality food. Yeah, no shit. You're fucking two inches from Hayward's up the road. Like, the best ice cream on the planet. Go get ice cream. They've got every kind of ice cream. They have fucking Snickers ice cream. They have every every candy. You want a Twix pie? Fuck your Twix pie. You can probably get Twix ice cream. They have Snickers ice cream and Reese's ice cream. All kinds of fuck, coconut toasted co Go to Haywards, you stupid asshole. Anyways, uh, yes, go to Haywards. Better food. It's sad and unfortunate. Uh, somebody said 
I have had good luck there on occasion in the past, but also a horror show at other times. More recently, instead of going to the drive-thru one afternoon several months ago, I went into the restaurant itself. Yeah, don't do that. It's Burger King. What's wrong with you? My order experience was similar to yours, and when I finally received my food, I turned to grab a table, and it looked like a, like a prison riot had just been quashed. There were multiple half-eaten burgers th- thrown all over the floor with the requisite fries and ketchup in <laughs> massive quantities. Uh, what really caught my attention was that the ketchup was thoroughly dried and crusted over, so it had been there for hours without being clean. I found a single seat... I found a single seat in the entire place and I was willing to sit, but it creeped me out the whole time. I wolfed down my food. One other patron slept in a corner with a backpack on the table and the whole place just reeked of failure. I have rarely gone back there since, preferring to drive additional distance to go anywhere else. Yeah, why would you fucking... Worst fast food joint in Nashua by far. Uh, A lot of people said that. Uh, last time, here's, this is, last time I went there, some random woman asked me to watch her kid in the play area for a minute while she went to the bathroom. She was gone for over an hour. I had to leave, so I told the employees and called the police and left. No idea whatever happened to her, but I'm all set with BK. I'm, you know, I'm no big, I'm no fancy big city, uh, investigative uh, analyst guy, but I have a, f- I have a pretty good feeling. I know what happened to her. It, somebody says, I know exactly what happened to her. Public bathrooms are prime spots for shooting up. It's sad, but true. She likely nodded off after dosing up. Unfortunately, that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's probably about right. Uh, it's hit or miss there. If you'll get your food, right. I specifically say I have food allergies. What do I get? The specifics. <laughs> A specific thing I'm allergic to, but nothing else on the burger. Oh <laughs> uh, yes, I'm allergic to tomatoes. So please, everything but tomatoes. Uh, here's your burger, ma'am. One tomato burger coming up. <laughs> uh, it's pretty. It's pretty amazing. Um, so, anyways, the kid was probably out back smoking a doobie, hence why he forgot your order. The response to that was, I think they're doing more than pot. This place is a hot mess. Yeah, I kids kids have been smoking pot at fast food joints since, you know, the beginning of fast food joints. I don't think I don't think suddenly that's that's the problem. <laughs> I, I think we're well beyond the pot stage. Uh, I I accept nearly all f- I expect nearly all yeah. Somebody writes, I expect nearly all fast food employees to smoke pot. That's no big deal. Uh, that's a little yeah, it might be a little presumptuous. I don't think they all smoke pot. I'm not sure what's happening on Main Street, BK. Oh, and there's Scott Johnston. Scotty's back. Please tell us what cannabis and fast food employees have anything to do with each other. That was a really dumb statement. Uh, the kid writes, just a lot of stone teens work fast food. Obviously, that's not everyone. It's a hard job. I ain't knocking it, but come on. There's going to be a handful of stone kids at fast food joints. <laughs> Doesn't bother me at all. Okay, fair enough. Well, I hate to tell you, but there's going to be a handful of stone people in any group of or class of people. What you said sounds ignorant. And then the kid actually writes back, I guess you're right. Sorry for my inconsideration. If it means anything to you, and blah, 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 blah. 
kid actually I mean don't don't apologize to Scott Jesus Christ I hate that place they suck <laughs> went there a few weeks ago for the last time and the kid on the grill had no, no net on his head and was wiping his hand. oh my god was wiping his hand through his hair then wiping his forehead while cooking I just walked out someone should find out the owner's number and fire off a call to wake them up it should be closed down I uh, went there once and a guy OD'd in the bathroom. That was over a year ago. Never went back. Nothing but bad experiences there in the last few years every time. Do not use their online app. I mean, what, what the fuck are you using an online app for fast food? Like, just go and order the fast. It's fast food. Like, what's... Uh, yes, I would like three cheeseburgers in exactly one hour from now. I do not want them now. I want them in one hour from now. I will be there to get them in an hour. Oh, my God. Uh, somebody writes, I just moved to Nashua in May. I went there last week for the first time in my life and got food poisoning. Out of out of commission for a day and a half. Oh, also, I should add, I waited a solid six to eight minutes at the drive through speaker before someone talked to me, and then another five minutes at the window to get my food. A, so- a solid 13 minutes just to vomit and shit myself for 36 hours. Perfect. <laughs> I mean, he kind of deserves it, right? Like, okay, you're new to Nashua. You don't know. You see a Burger King and think, eh, it's Burger King. Well, now you know. Oh, here's Scott. I'm going to assume you went to see your doctor and your doctor told you you had food poisoning. And the kid responds, my mom did. I called her up after she's been a registered nurse for 40 years. Nurses can't diagnose you with anything. It has to be a doctor. All nurses can do is make a recommendation to the doctor, but the doctor has to decide. The doctor. Oh, and then they just gang up on <laughs> this poor kid. Just can't get a break. It's the same kid who was talking about pot and got yelled at by Scott for assuming the kids all smoke weed at fast food places. Now he's getting now he's getting yelled at for daring to say that he had food poisoning from Burger King, which he probably did. And somebody right, if you had food poisoning, you should report it to the health department so it can be investigated. Something like this will certainly get this place shut down or at least investigated. Can't shrug your shoulders over food poisoning. Oh, and then it gets into uh, then it gets into a big uh, a big uh, to do over uh, what nurses do versus doctors, as you can imagine, because nothing nothing's ever a little small deal. A small deal on the sounding board. It's always a big deal. Uh, somebody responded to Scott. Then what do nurse practitioners do? A nurse practitioner and a registered nurse are two different things. She responds, you said all nurses can do, doctors have to decide. Nurse practitioners are still nurses. They diagnose and treat patients. Oh my God, who cares if she's a nurse, doctor, whatever. He's trying to accentuate the person's point with anecdotal experiences. Sheesh. Kevin was specifically talking about a registered nurse, not a nurse practitioner. Nice try, though. Nice try. Are we competing? You made a blanket statement. I followed up with a question, but thanks. I want my participation medal. Shaking my head. It was a response to a specific comment. A comment about an RN. Not to be nurse practitioner. SMH. And somebody writes, a pretty valid question. Who goes to the doctor for food poisoning? Like, seriously. Fucking, I had food poisoning. I'll tell you where I got food. I already, I think I already said this. Cam and I went to Bentley's Roast Beef. I love their subs. A few months ago, we got 
sandwiches there. She got a kid's meal burger. And when we got home, she said it kind of tasted funny. I had a few bites and it was fucking not good. Not good. It was undercooked. And then uh, we were both... We were both not well the next day. For about 24 hours, I sat and held her hair uh, for, you know, a good a good five or six hours in the morning while she puked her guts out. It was awesome. It was definitely food poisoning. What am I going to go to the doctor? Uh, doctor, I think we have food poisoning. Yep, you sure do. That'll be $100, please. Anyways, uh, and then somebody says, I've been violently ill after eating there at least three times. First time, I thought I was coming down with something. The second, I thought it was what I ordered. The third, I realized it's that particular BK. <laughs> you got sick at Burger King three times. Oh, I wonder what, perhaps it was some sort of flu. I know, I'll go to Burger King and think about this. I'll ponder this some more while I eat a Whopper. Oh, no, I'm sick again. Oh, it must have been all that thinking that caused my tum-tum to erupt. Perhaps a third trip to Burger King will help me will help me come to some conclusions. Oh, God, I'm sick again. Again. Oh, man. These fucking guys. It's endless. And then this thing just goes on. BK is garbage. Yeah, I mean... Uh, Bulldoze it and bring back the Brant Theater. I don't even know what that is. That sounds nice, though. Matinee movie. Okay, yeah, bring back. Get rid of it. Bring back a movie theater. Uh, so it's it's uh, this place is a shithole, getting worse every day. Drug haven, if you ask me. High all the time. Place is a dump and management sucks. Uh, my wife and I have had the same experience. Couldn't take cash. Couldn't do this. Yeah, I mean... Won't go to Burger King anymore. Okay, I think I think our takeaway is that the Burger King in Maine in, in downtown Nashua on Main Street is uh, maybe that's a solid recommendation to avoid. But goddamn, I hope people keep going there and keep shitting themselves and then posting about it on the sounding board because for the podcast's sake, I, 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 I go to you know what. Everybody go. Everybody in Nashua go get a nice delicious cheeseburger, some nuggets. A fun Twix pie. A f- get a fucking Hershey pie. <laughs> Go down there tonight. Go crazy. Come on. And then uh, report back uh, in the next day or so on the sounding board because I'm dying to know. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, you know, that fucking reminds me. There was an, an obit posted in the Nashua Telegraph yesterday. Uh, anyone who's friends with me on Facebook, which if you're listening to this podcast today... July 26, 2019. There's no additional audience. There's no strangers listening to this. So you're you're on Facebook probably. So you've probably already seen this because uh, I posted it because it was too fucking good. This this fella, Thomas Tom W.J. Mulligan, passed away uh, earlier this week. And the obit was so fantastic. So I'm going to read that. Thomas Tom W.J. Mulligan of Nashua has passed away at his home in his recliner as he had threatened to for years. He was a kid from Brooklyn who grew up to live the American dream of marriage, a career, a house in the suburbs, and two pain-in-the-ass kids. He attended Bishop Ford High School. He was a DIYer with no less than five unfinished projects at any time. Tom worked in technology at Leahy Clinic, for over 20 years where he was clearly indispensable, but his exact position remains a mystery. He never missed the opportunity to make an inappropriate joke or take a cigarette break. He was an exceptional office Santa. 
His passions included comic books, playing the lotto, and making his children uncomfortable. He also really loved cheese. His love of Doctor Who was only surpassed by his love of not wearing pants at home. <laughs> he often combined these two interests. Just like me. Tom had spent the last few years loving, <laughs> lovingly caring for his wife, Iris, who has advanced dementia. He will be remembered by all who knew him. <laughs> except Iris, of course. <laughs> Everyone else, though. He is survived by his wife, Iris, his favorite daughter, Kim Mulligan of L.A., his other daughter, Amy Sharippo, and her husband, Alex of Dracut, his children, Xander and Alma Sharippo, to whom Tom was devoted, his brother, Keith Mulligan, and niece, Mariah, blah, 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 blah. And so I I was cracking up. Poor Iris. <laughs> he were remembered by all who knew him, except Iris, of course. Oh, well. Sorry, Iris. Oh, man. There's But there's seriously, there's nothing better than a fucking a smart-ass comedic obit which, you know, that's how they, they all should be like that. At least for, like, old old guys, old people. Okay. We'll be back right after this. Cliffy? Cliffy, this is your Uncle Cliff, Cliff. Have you ever wanted to hear all of your favorite Broadway show tunes, Cliffy, but you couldn't get the whole family together to perform them all at the same time? Well, I have some good news. There's a brand new album coming out just for your enjoyment, Cliffy. And it's called Let's Go Broadway Womack Style. It's a brand new 900-track album featuring all of your favorite Womack family members performing all of your favorite show tunes, Cliffy. I think you're going to like what you hear, such as your cousin Cliff performing the Jet song from West Side Story. Oh, jeez. Okay, here goes nothing. When you're a cliff, you're a cliff all the way, from your first pair of slacks to your last oatmeal taste. When you're a cliff, you wear slacks and not jeans, and you let Cousin Cliff have your old magazines. Ah, uh, oh, Jesus Christ, goddamn fucking voice, I fucked up again, motherfucking voice, goddammit. And who can forget Grandma Cliff's stirring rendition of Yentl? Cliffy. Cliffy, can you call me? Cliffy, it's your grandmother. Call me, for Christ's sakes. Why do you do this to me, Cliffy? Why? Oh. Cliffy. Cliffy, won't you call me? Cliffy. Cliffy, won't you call me? And Cliffy, just wait till you hear Dr. Heathcliff Huxtable's delightful and charming take on Pirelli's Miracle Elixir from Sweeney Todd. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? I'm holding open casting calls on my couch. Twas Pirelli's Miracle Elixir, that's what does the trick, sir. Come audition on my couch. Try the jello, we'll make you mellow. Then this horny fellow will feed you a pudding pop in your mouth. Hey, 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 my son Theo. And Cliffy, who can forget the time that the macho man Cliffy Savage played the part of lovable Gavroche in Les Miserables? 
Aha, yeah. Look down, look down, look up, look down, freak out, freak out, yeah. How do you do? My name's Garage, yeah. Huh? Garage? Listen, I'm gonna do things my way, and if you don't like it, I'm gonna leave, brother. How do you do? My name's Garage. Yeah, I'm the cream of the crop, and the cream always rises to the top. What? As a little kid? Why am I playing a little kid? And you get shot? How about this? Instead of getting shot, Garage is gonna climb to the top, brother, and he's gonna drop the elbow down on his opponents. Yeah, the French, yeah. Aha, I like it, yeah, look down, look down, look up, look down, freak out, freak out. My name's Garage, and I'm gonna drop the elbow, cause I'm the cream of the crop, yeah. Macho Garage, yeah, oh yeah, dig it! And Cliffy, what about the time your Uncle Cliffy Baseball performed Man of La Mancha? Cliffy, it's me, Don Quixote, the Man of La Mancha. My destiny calls and I go. And I'd just like to remind you that this quest is being brought to you by Breezy Boy Brand Windmills. Breezy Boy Windmills. Ooh, that's breezy. Onward to glory, I go. And Cliffy, if you thought your grandmother looked good in a bathing suit bikini, wait till you hear her perform Gypsy. Curtain up, light the lights. My grandson's gonna call me tonight. I can tell. Wait and see. My little baby butter boy is talking to me. Everything's coming up, Womack. Everything's coming up, Womack. And how about this for a treat, Cliffy? None other than O.J. Simpson himself performing a number from Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. Let's take a listen. Hello, my friends. You sure are shiny. What are you anyway? Is this some kind of old-timey razor blades hidden away here in this box? Boy, you could really cut someone up good with these. Wait, what's that? That's what this blade's about? He cuts up people in his barbershop with these sharp razor blades and then serves them for dinner at a restaurant and makes tons of money? Oh, oh man, why didn't I think of that a long time ago? <laughs> I mean, why didn't the real killer think of that a long time ago? Boy, this guy sure got some great ideas. If I were a real killer, I would have taken these razor blades a long time ago and chopped up everyone and served them for dinner at my famous restaurant called OJ's House of Good Eatin' and Fun Times. Hello, my friends. Time to chop up some people, I guess. Hey, look at that. My arm is complete again. <laughs> I got some getting even to do. And Cliffy, who can forget the time that your Scottish Uncle Cliff performed this little ditty from West Side Story? Cliffy is cannonballing down from the sky, slacks nipples high, picking his nose. Who knows? Head then turn left. Oi, shut up, you GPS cunt! Oh my goodness, that Scottish Uncle Cliff, he sure is a character, Cliff. He sure is a character. 
And speaking of characters, here's your grandmother performing Officer Krupke from West Side Story, Cliffy. Gee, Officer Cliffy, your slacks are a thrill. You never call your grandma when you say that you will. Officer Cliffy, your butter is soft. Gee, Officer Cliffy, stop pounding off. You're disturbed, you're disturbed. You're really, no, really, Cliffy, you really are a sicko. You know that? You're really sick, you son of a bitch. You goddamn son of a bitch, Cliffy. And of course, Cliffy, who wouldn't want to hear Dr. Huxtable performing his rendition of Pretty Women, again from Sweeney Todd? The Demon Barber of Fleet Street. Pretty women on my sofa. I'll take my pants off. Here, drink this. Fake auditions. Jazz and jello. Pretty women. Pretty women. So act now, Cliffy, because these tunes and so many more can be yours for the low, low price of just $9.99. That's right, Cliff, just $999 for all of these classic Womack hits. So act now, Cliffy. What are you waiting for? Take your hand out of your pants, stop toggling your balls, and call today. What do you say, Cliffy? Let's go Broadway, Womack style. Because it's Womack style. Yes, Womack style. Womack style. Okay, one, one final story. Best for last, at least I hope so. I gotta look at some of my texts to make sure I get as much information on this story as I can possibly recall. So, this particular story, we're gonna go, we're going back to high school. And uh, this was senior year. <laughs> senior year of high school, so I guess fall of 1997, I think. And uh, we decided we, myself, uh, Nate, Carl, a bunch of us, Gina, we, we took this class called Fabulous Sixties. It was taught by this guy named Bazozzi, who I didn't have him. A lot of people liked him. He seemed like a bit of a jackass to me, and. And then I took the class, and he was he was a bit of a jackass, and uh, I don't mind. I mean, what am I, what am I gonna like? Not graduate if fucking he hears this? Like, sorry. I, every teacher that I had, whether I and I, there's a lot of teachers that I didn't like. I fucking hated my second grade teacher. Uh, there's a bunch of teachers from kindergarten through twelfth grade I didn't like. Most of them I really liked. All of them were really smart. Even the ones that I didn't like, I could tell. Like, all right, they you know at least have some idea of what they're doing. This was the one guy that I just said, this guy's fucking, you know, he's not an asshole, but he's a fucking idiot. He's just an idiot. He doesn't seem to know what, you know, he's just stupid. He wasn't very Burnt Hills-ish to me, Burnt Hills-ish to me, and not to be arrogant, but we had a pretty 
you know, Burnhill is a pretty goddamn good school district. Good, all the schools are good. All the elementary schools are good. Middle school, high school, it's all good. It's all good. You're gonna be, you know, you're gonna come out of there, you know, pretty well equipped, I guess, for whatever's next. And uh, so we took this Fab 60s class. And I thought I, I like the 60s. And I like the music, all that stuff. This will be kind of an interesting. It's just an elective. It's you know, who gives a shit? It's no big deal. Um, but you know, for him. It was a very big deal, which is fine. That's that's perfectly understandable. But, you know, he was a little nutty about it. And uh, he would, you know, he would be out in the hall screaming, you know, as the bell's ringing, we're coming into the class. It's like we're not, you know, nobody's really late. And, you know, Carl showed up late a couple times and he would get chewed out. Like, Carl, Carl, this is fabulous 60s. Let's go, guys. Fabulous 60s is about to commence. <laughs> Let's go. That's that's Bezosa yelling at everybody to get in for his fucking precious fabulous sixties class. We're like we're in we're in the class, dude. Like just be happy that we're taking it. It's it's a fucking elective, and not that we were we weren't dicks to the guy or anything like that. He just you know he was just kind of all over the map. And I didn't I didn't I, I wrote a paper that was you know that was pretty I thought was pretty good. He gave me a, I got an A plus on it. I did fine, but I really I don't think he he didn't have any like comment. Just nothing. It was just A. And I think he read it, and he was like, I don't know. What am I saying? I'm saying that I'm smarter than this particular guy. I'm saying that in high school I was smarter than this guy. That's what I thought. I'll just fucking say it. I don't mind telling you. I thought I was smarter than him. And probably there's there's probably a good amount of weight to that statement, if I don't mind saying it. Not just me, but everybody else in the class. I would say 80% of the kids in the class were probably smarter than this guy. And uh, who knows? He's, he's probably like a beloved teacher. Everybody loves him. He's still there. He was pretty young at the time. But he was just a doofus. He was just a doofus. And I had no respect. I, I really had no respect for the guy. I respected every teacher that I had from K through 12. Like I said, even the ones that I hated. And I just had no fucking regard for this guy at all. So, so yeah, after a while of, like, really putting my heart and soul into a lot of these, a lot of the work and the papers and things for his class and him just not giving two shits about it and just, like, it was, you know, everything was an A, for some people that's good enough for me I'm like what the where's the you know I had these English teachers who would write just these insightful comments and all this great stuff on my papers and we would discuss it and you know uh, like Mrs. Foreman did that shit that was really cool and then you've got like this guy Bezosi just handing the paper back with a good grade okay maybe I should be happy with that but I wasn't because I'm like well what did you think what did you actually you just put a grade on here there's no, no commentary at all I think he circled like maybe one spot where I you know put a a colon, a comma instead of a semicolon or some shit like that. So, anyways, so we we had to do a, a skit. You know, we watched, uh, you know, we watched, um, uh, you know, Leave It to Beaver, and we watched like uh, The Graduate and all these all these sixties things. And uh, you know, fabulous sixties guys, let's go! It's time for fabulous. This guy was probably born in like nineteen sixty seven or something like that. Uh, so, anyways. We had to do a, a skit. Everybody grouped up into you know groups of uh, four, five, six, whatever it was, and you, there were four different groups and four different scenarios that we had to act out for this fabulous '60s class. One was the ideal uh, '60s family. One was the non-traditional '60s family, and then I guess the '90s, uh, the '90s equivalent of that, the traditional '90s family and the non-traditional '90s family. I, I think I don't know. Uh, either way, all I know, uh, and I didn't see any of these skits because I was waiting out in the hall for my cue. 
so we we got the uh, traditional '60s family, so like Leave It to Beaver, Ward Cleaver, that kind of thing. You know, the, the that that sort of shit. Uh, good parents, and everybody's just on the up and up, and everything's great. And so we, we you know, we had to just do this sketch of like a you know an evening at home at the dinner table, a, a, a traditional typical '60s family at home. And we had our, we had everything I think ready to go. And then uh, uh, Nate was, Nate was in the group. I played the father. Gina played the mother. Nate and Carl were my sons. And I guess uh, Meg and <laughs> Carl. I had to text Carl to get this this information that I guess Meg and Fenton and Becky Haberbush were our played our ki- our daughters. So. So it was Gina and myself were the parents. Nate, Carl, Becky, and Megan were the the kids. Uh, the night before we had to do this skit, I went over to Nate's house and we re- we may have rewritten quite a bit of this uh, sketch that we had to do. And I'll give I'll give a lot of credit to Nate. He did a fucking bang up job writing putting this script together. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, so it, it started and I had to wait out in the hall. The kids went in. Carl, Nate, Gina. You know they they had their first part of the skit and they did well and there were lines in there about like uh well we'll get to it in a sec so so they went in and they they started it was a scene at the dinner table and carl and nate gina becky megan are all doing the the scene at the table and mom is serving dinner and and father is about to come home for work and so i I'm, I'm, all I'm doing when I'm out in the hallway is I'm just trying not to laugh. I'm trying to get my, I'm thinking of like horrible things happening to beloved family members to try and get serious and not laugh. And then I go, I go into the, and I'm, I'm like, okay, ah, I'm ready. I'm ready for this sketch and I'm going to deliver the lines without any problem. And I open the door and the first thing that I see is Nate. As soon as Nate sees me and I see him, he bursts into laughter and he puts his head down on the table and he doesn't pick his head up off the table for the rest of the sketch. He's like bright red like a cherry and his head is buried in his arm and it's he's face down on the table because he can't even look at me because it's just making him laugh. And so the first thing I do, I come in and of course I'm supposed to be, you know, the, the ideal, you know, pipe smoking jacket, you know, where's my slippers and my paper and my pipe? Let's put on some Nat King Cole, you know, that kind of Ward Cleaver father from the 60s. So I burst in the door and I instantly do a line from Cable Guy, you know, where they were at medieval times. And I'm pretending that I'm Jim Carrey's, you know, Chip Douglas character. And I burst through the door as the 60s dad and I yell, might thou have a mug of ale for me and me mate? For we have been pitched in battle for a fortnight and have a king thirst for the frosty brew. Thus thou might have for thus. And... (laughs) The whole class. Of course, Nate's the only one laughing because, like most of my jokes and most of my classes, Nate was the only one laughing. And everybody was just looking at me like, you fucking asshole. Uh, Like in math class one time, we were doing logarithms. And so the formula includes the word log in it. And I raised my hand and I said, Mrs. Kosky, Mrs. Kosky, yes, John, have you ever taken the log into your own hands? (laughs) Crickets. (laughs) Except for one person. Nate Duell cracking up with his head down on the table. So thank you, Nate, for always being my biggest fan. Anyways, so I burst in. I do this cable guy stupid thing, and nobody's laughing except Nate. And then I sit down, and so I'm sitting at dinner, and the lines are just ridiculous things about, like, 
how, you know, Nate was my son and he, he, uh, just got a promotion at the car wash and now he's the head wiper. And I'm commenting about how he has superior wiping skills and nobody wipes as well as this guy. And I'm not surprised, son, I'm not surprised with your wiping skills. I know you're going to go places and you're going to be, you're going to be doing more wiping than you've ever done before this summer, son. I just know it. And, and there were lines about like, we had lines from Christmas story. Nate said that, you know, uh, there were grizzly bears by Pulaski's, (laughs) Pulaski's candy shop, Pulaski's candy store. And, uh, according to Carl on the day of, uh, we, we all pulled into the parking lot at school at the same time, Nate, Carl and I, and got out, uh, and mentioned, uh, mentioned we changed up the skit a little bit and it's awesome. We told him it's awesome now. And, uh, and Carl said, Oh boy, (laughs) here we go. Uh, so we had, uh, you know, stuff about, yeah. Grizzly shooting grizzlies at Pulaski's candy store. And Nate was talking about, yeah, becoming head wiper at the car wash. And then Becky had to comment on Carl, her brother, uh, you know, talking about, um, how he was, he was captain of the team, captain of the football team. And, Oh, coach, coach Bates really, really likes your ball handling skills. Oh yes. And then I, I Becky had to say, coach Bates, uh, really enjoyed your ball handling skills. I knew you would make captain. And I had to say something along the lines of, and I wish, Oh, I fucking wish we had the script. Uh, I, I had to say something. Well, I knew it would happen eventually, Carl. I knew, I knew that eventually Mr. Bates would appreciate your ball handling skills and nobody appreciates your ball handling abilities like Mr. Bates. And then there was a line where one of the kids asked that said that mentioned that instead of Wally and the Beave, they had friends named Wally, (laughs) Wally and the Steve. And somebody mentioned that, Hey dad, Wally and the Steve said the moon is made of green cheese. Is that true? No, son. Wally and the Steve are idiots. The moon's not made of green cheese. Everyone knows that. It just went on. It was just the most ridiculous thing. I goddamn wish we had the script for that. Uh, man, it's, uh, I'd like to think it's somewhere, but I don't, I don't think it is. I think it's in a landfill somewhere decomposing over the next million years. Uh, but then the big, the big finale though, we're, we're going along and these, these absurd lines and Mr. Bezozzi sitting on the back ledge by the window in the back of the classroom and Mrs. We or Mrs. Y or whatever fucking name was, uh, the teacher for our participation in government class was also observing these uh, little skits that we were doing. So she was sitting next to him and, uh, yeah, so we're, we're doing this whole, this whole sketch and then it's, it's dinner and in the in mid sentence, all of a sudden, I yell, and I yelled at the top of my lungs. And remember, I'm the dad, so I was in uh, World War II or Korea or something, and I was having a flashback. And all of a sudden, we're just having this conversation at normal volume, and I just yell, "Everybody down! We got Migs at three o'clock. Get to your foxholes, goddammit!" And as soon as <laughs> As soon as I yelled that, Mr. Bezozzi jumped off the back ledge. I, th- I thought he was going to fall out of the fucking window the way that he couldn't He couldn't compose himself fast enough to jump off that ledge onto the... F- he, he jumped to his feet, sprang to his feet. Of course, he almost, like I said, fell out the window. He's like, stop it. Stop it at once. Stop this immediately. <laughs> this is over. I'm stopping this now. This is a disgrace. This is a disgrace to the 60s. Guys, this is disgraceful. You're out of here. Get out of here. And uh, immediately, Nate and I were were banned. We were banished. Banished from the classroom. 
<laughs> and then a few minutes later, I was at my locker, and I think it was Eric DiGenova who was in a different class on the other end of the hallway at the time that I was screaming about Migs, get to your foxholes, goddammit. And uh, Eric came up to me afterwards, and he goes, what the hell was that? He's like, we, we, were, all, we were all taking a test, and then we heard you screaming about foxholes, goddammit. What happened? <laughs> So, so the entire hallway, the entire wing of the building heard me cause it was, you know, quiet class time and I was screaming at the fucking top of my lungs. And that was the day that we got kicked out of uh, the fabulous sixties forever by a little imbecile named Mr. Bezosi. But here's the thing, uh, you know, and Nate was like, fine, I don't need it. I didn't need this class. I'm going to take the free period. And I said the same, I'm like, yeah, I don't fucking, that's enough. This class sucks. I'm done. That was a, that was a good way to go out. And uh, I'll take the free period, too. Well, here's the thing. My dad made me write an apology to Mr. Bezosi, to, to even though I, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean a word of it. But I wrote an apology. Uh, sorry for my behavior. It was immature. It was blah, 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 blah. I really, uh, it was a lack of respect for your class. And it was it really, you were right. It was a disgrace to the 60s, which is kind of funny because the 60s were about, like, whatever. You know they were they were they were a time of uh, whatever whatever you want to call it, rebellion and that kind of thing. So certainly I, I, Bezo, Mr. Bezosi being so smart, so well educated as he was, I'm sure that how could that possibly have been lost on him? Me me being rebellious and Nate being rebellious during a class called the Fabulous Sixties. How crazy. Uh, anyways, he didn't like it. So we got kicked out. I had to write an apology letter and give it to stupid Mr. I couldn't even give it to him because I didn't want to look at his stupid face, his stupid bald head. So I taped it to the door and just left it there. And then Nate and I were meeting with our guidance counselor, Mr. Cherico, later that week to discuss the incident. And Mr. Cherico informed us that Nate is, in fact, still banished from the class. And he turned to me and said, but, John, you are actually you have been welcomed back to the class if you would like. And uh which, of course, was entirely due to the apology note. And I said, no, I'm good. I'm going to take the free period with Nate, and we'll just hang out in the library every day and uh, have fun. So fuck fuck that. Fuck him. Fuck this class. And and then Nate was like, <laughs> Nate was like, why? Why did he let you back and not me? I don't understand. Why would he do that? And I was I was playing dumb at first. I'm like, I, boy, it's, you know, it's I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. You know, I wonder, I wonder maybe if it's because... Yeah, yeah. You think? I, I mean, I did. I did write an apology note, and he was like, "What? You wrote an apology note? Like, yeah, I had to. My dad made me." He's like, "What the fuck? Why didn't you tell me?" I'm like, well, "What was I gonna do? You're gonna write an apology note?" And he's like, "Fuck no." I'm like, so there. You didn't write an apology note. You weren't going to. So who gives a shit? Were you gonna go back to the '60s class? No. Fuck it. So fine. Uh, that was also the same year that I had to write. <laughs> I had to write an apology note to Mrs. Kosky, our math teacher, uh, because Nate and I made a math video. Uh, and a few others in the class, we made a video about the uses of math, the proper uses of math. And we had, uh, you know, I had clips of the countdown clock for the Royal Rumble, the 10 second countdown clock. Every two minutes, a super, a WWF superstar would enter the Royal Rumble. So I put that as a use of math was counting backwards from 10 as, you know, juniors in high school. And, and I put uh, some video clips of Final Fantasy VII. You know, you need math to code and program. Uh, and then I, just to be an asshole, I called it in the, in the narration that I did for the video, I called it Final Freaky Deaky Seven. Uh, and then, there were, you know, we were, we were playing air guitar and rocking out uh, in one scene. There's a whole bunch of stuff with the uses of math. And then, of course, one of the big scenes was we simulated 
uh, the act of cutting cocaine and measuring and distributing cocaine, a dealer, uh, you know, some some customer. I, I think I was the customer. I came in and, uh, you know, bipping and bopping and, you know, wanting to buy some cocaine from Nate. And he had a little scale and he measured. It was, of course, it was like flour that we were using. And uh, so we simulated, uh, you know, drug uh, sale and distribution and use in this video on the uses of math for measuring for measuring cocaine. Uh, the thing was, Mrs. Koski, we played the video. She thought it was an excellent video. She didn't realize either she wasn't paying attention or she didn't realize or whatever, because it wasn't until they played the math video uh, a few weeks later at the back to school night where all the all the parents come in and they get to see what you're working on. And so she had all the kids, all the videos playing on the TV for the parents. And then afterwards, of course, many irate parents came up. Many irate parents came up to Mrs. Koski and said, what? What was that? You're having videos? Your, your students are simulating drug use in these videos to demonstrate the uses of math? And, of course, she had no idea, so she called us in the next day and said, what, what exactly is happening in this video? We're like, well, surely you knew because you watched it, right, Mrs. Koski? You watched it. That's why you gave us the grade that you gave us. So she bumped our grade down from a, from a 100 to, like, a 50 or something like that because we put that in there. And then my dad made me write an apology to Mrs. Koski, and then our grade went to a 99. I don't know why. Maybe just on principle she couldn't uh, stomach giving us a 100, which we pre previously had. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, many, 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 many apologies that year. That was good old, uh, oh, my God, what fun. Also, I just was reminded of something, which was uh, junior year of high school when Joe, Joe Shimo and I, old Shimo, we were in uh, Mrs. Ferris Fernside's AP history class, and she had a, uh, a live uh, history review. I don't know if it was the Regents Review or AP Review or some bullshit at the end of the year on, like, the local, you know, educational access, public access channel. She was doing a live call-in show to review for the exam and do some Q&A and some test questions. And so Shimo called in. We were at, we were at my house studying. He called into the exam uh, and Mrs. Ferris was, uh, yes, hi. And he, you know, can't, Shimo, you'll have to tell me. I, I can't remember all of this story. I should have checked with you first. But uh, Shimo called. Uh, she had a, uh, okay, well, the next caller, here's the here's the test question. And she asked, hello, caller. And he just, you know, made up some bullshit name. I think I think Joe actually might have used the name Craig uh, because our buddy Craig was in the class. So we figured, why not get Craig in trouble <laughs> instead of Joe? I could be wrong on that one, though. Uh, but she, so Shimo called in to answer the test question and he deliberately answered it wrong. And as soon as Mrs. Ferris alive on the air said, oh no, I'm sorry, that's incorrect. And then you just heard Shimo yell, fuck. And then they immediately hung up on him. Oh my God. High school was so fucking fun. God damn. We, uh, and we got away with everything too, which is cool. So that's sometimes, you know, it really does pay to be an asshole. Sometimes it really does. You can just, if you're an asshole, but if you if you kind of are somewhat charming and then write an apology letter, you can get away with so much shit. It's, it's unbelievable. So let that be a lesson, kids. Oh, goddamn. Hello, 60s, my old friend. I've come to teach the kids again. I am an expert of the 60s Though I was born in 1963 
my short sleeve shirts make me look a little odd. I'm such a fraud. That's why I teach Fab Six Days. When John and Nate rewrote their show, I almost fell out the window. I nearly fell through the window pane because I stand almost four foot eight. When John said, God damn, I nearly had a heart attack. They won't be back. Not while I teach Fab Six Days. Let's go, guys. Fab Six Days is about to commence. Let's go. Six Days is my baby. Let's go, Carl. Let's go. Come on, guys. Let's go. Six Days. Six is about to commence, everybody. Let's go. It's, it's over. Oh my god. Two hours and 40 some odd minutes. Alright, that's enough. I don't even have anything else to say. Oh, fuck. <laughs> it's time to go. I hope you have enjoyed this particular episode of the Birthday Boy podcast. Oh, man. I hope this is enough. I hope this fits into one podcast something tells me I'm gonna have to split this fucking thing up that's okay whatever that'll be a first you know I spent like a lot of time eulogizing poor Mr. Turgeon will be missed forever so that's okay if it's if it's episode 14 split into two pieces so be it alright gang did you have a good time this week did you have some laughs? Did you have some uh, whatever? Some some more laughs, I hope. I hope there were some fucking laughs to be had. And if not, uh, you know, fucking ask for a refund, I guess. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, and I know I played the Cliffy, the Womax Go Broad, the Womax Go Broadway, Do Broadway, whatever it's called. I, it took me like five hours to make that last week. Of course I'm going to play it multiple times for multiple weeks. I'm proud of it. God damn it. And it's a great CD. You should buy it now. Cliffy, call today. All right. That's going to do it. Uh, yeah, nothing else. There's nothing else to speak of. I think we've we've said it all. Yeah, that's really... There's We're out of time. We're beyond out of time. <laughs> i got to get in the habit of getting back to doing like 45-minute shows, and that's it. I did the first Birthday Boy podcast like over lunch one t the first couple times, and then that was it. Okay, uh, I'm done. I'm done. We're done. I know there were other things, but I, as always, uh, I can't get to them because I can't remember what it was. All right. Thank you to Mr. Bezozzi for that beautiful rendition of The Sounds of 60s. You, uh, you are a legend. You're the anti-turgeon almost in so many ways. It's unbelievable. Okay. I'm done. 
Uh, we'll see you next time. Have a great week, everybody. And remember, positivity is for pieces of shit, for OJ, for jerks, for morons, for idiots. But uh, kindness, kindness matters. Kindness sure does matter. Just ask Binky Sears and Flippy Fartmouth and Stinky Ratfuck and Anus Von Schweetz. Ask all of those uh, characters uh, what uh, kindness means to them. All right, I'm out of here. We'll uh, talk to you next week. Later, gators. Some jazz music and we'll have some jello.